Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Connor Murphy. Connor leads the post-emo road warrior group Foxing and also has a solo project he calls Smidley. Welcome, Connor. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm super excited that you're here because I got to see you perform at our TEDx Gateway Arch event on October 27th. What was that experience like for you? It was really great. Uh, We've only played with... um, you know, gross rock bands in the past. And this is the first time that we got to play uh, in the middle of a bunch of really smart people talking about really smart things and inspiring <laughs> us a lot. So this is a very, very different event for us. We've never done anything like that. It was well, really cool. It was, right? It's so different. Yeah, it was actually like I was watching um, Bert Vescalani, uh, the president of the Science Center. Uh, I was watching him uh, talk and I was just like, I just realized I don't have anything to say whenever we pro like when we play. I assumed I would just like go up and say like, "Hey, we're called Foxing, and we're from here, and uh, here's another song." But then I was realizing like I should probably say something, so I went out back and I like just really nervously came up with a thing to say on the spot. So it was. Uh, it was but it really was, intimidating. It was awesome, oh, though, you. <laughs> what you had to say. I mean, it, but because, but I felt like it was it was coming from a very genuine and authentic place. I mean, that's that's perfect, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was because, especially because it wasn't thought out very much. I don't know that you had to. You could have just gone out there and played. But it was awesome that you said something. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was realizing watching how important. Um, everything that everyone was saying was. And I was uh, I was just like, why? I was starting to get in my head, like, why are we here? I was also probably a little drunk. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, why are we all, like, uh, why are we a part of this if we're not actually saying something? It's like we're just going to play two sad songs and then leave. It's going to be so weird for everybody <laughs> to see that. In reality, it wouldn't be like weird to have a band just go up and play a couple songs, but um, I don't know. I, I um, probably a half hour before we did it, I was just like, I gotta say something. I'm I gonna, feel like I should. Well, I think I'm it's talk awesome about my you hero. did. That's awesome. And so let me. This is. Uh, let me tell you though how this I, I shared with Eric. So you guys were backstage for uh-huh. a while when we were hanging out watching yeah. uh, all the speakers, and I got talking to Eric, and I was telling him about you know imagine there's this team of people, this TEDx team, you know, like our main team had gotten together and we're like, we really, we need some more entertainment. Who does everybody know? Who should we have on the stage? And, um, and Steve was like, oh, I've got this one band that I'm looking at and he'd played this. I don't even know what to call this band. I mean, I I can't even remember their name and I wouldn't say it anyway, because I don't want to dog them, but it was, it was this experimental, I don't know what. And it was kind of like, just like, I felt like they kind of went, everybody go up on stage and just kind of play whatever you feel like playing okay. at this moment. And all I could think of while I was watching it, the 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 big thought in my head was, stop that. Stop that right now. I just Whoa. wanted it to I end. I want to know who that is. And, and I wanted it. And I was like, I can't. No. I, this, I don't want this band. And then Tyler Sayer, who is on our team, yeah. he was like, well, my roommate knows foxing. I'm like, okay, what's foxing? And so he starts to describe foxing. I was like, okay, let me, let's get this up. 
And as soon as I started watching your videos, I'm like, that's the band we want. Somehow we have to get this band. How will we get this band? And I was so excited when I found out you guys were really going to be there. Yeah, we we were really excited by it too. It's like... Um it's not hard to get us. It's like we're not. <laughs> See, I felt like, like a very, I felt like it was going to be hard. I felt like, oh my gosh, thing, are they going to be like, what? What do these people want us for? <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> well, everybody knows Ted, and everybody knows TEDx, and I wasn't familiar with TEDx Gateway Arch, but um, that's right up our alley. We all watch. I think everybody in the world has at least watched one TED Talk. Yeah, and then decided if think, they liked it or not. Right. Um, but that's the most important thing in the world. Like whenever you know, whenever you have anything, your goal is for every person in the world to watch it and then decide whether or not they like it. But like for us, um, the hardest thing for us is that we're always gone. We're never in St. Louis. But luckily for this, we're right in the middle of actually recording and writing our album. So uh, all we had to do was cancel a recording day. And that was awesome. Cool. And we kind of prepared those two songs uh, like while we were recording. So it was amazing. Uh, it worked out so, so perfectly. And, uh, and man, I, if we could just switch our entire... Um, <laughs> if we could just do TED Talks from now on, that'd be the most amazing thing. You could in the go world. on the TED tour. TED tour. Yeah, uh. I mean, we're just like, let's just talk to all the other. Te there's, there's so many TEDxes. I mean, please recommend us because <laughs> I don't want to play any more of these gross venues. <laughs> So when you say gross venues. <laughs> now, most of the places we play are actually really nice. We just got done with a tour with this band, Manchester Orchestra. Yep. Amazing band. Absolutely amazing band. Great people. Uh, it was a fantastic tour, and those venues are incredible. But it's because that band is huge, and uh, they, they're playing in front of, you know, 2,000 people every night. And, uh, and we're just kind of along for the ride. We're opening the shows. Um, but when we go out and play our own uh, shows, like our headline shows, it's more like, you know, these kind of grimy bars. In some cities, like if we're playing in L.A. or New York, uh, Austin, places like that, um, even St. Louis, like when we play here, we play at like Del Mar Hall. It's always nice when you play those places, but sometimes you play in like El Paso, Texas, and... You know, who's going to go to your show there? It's like, they book it small so that it doesn't feel empty. Right. Uh, so it's just this dirty little bar. But do people but know? Great. But are people coming to see you because they, I mean, do you feel like now they're coming to see you because you're, they, they're getting to know you? That's like exactly it. And I think the biggest thing, it's like all kind of, um, I don't know, all hubris aside, like I, I understand that this is like not a humble statement, but we have devoted fans and we have uh, people whose lives we've impacted and then they've returned that same feeling to us. They've impacted our lives. And because of that, it's like we owe them to go to their cities and we owe them to go play for them, you know, around the world. It's uh, people in the UK and Germany and Switzerland They'll contact us uh, through whatever, Twitter, and they'll say, hey, we, I need you to come to Switzerland here. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to fly to America and see you. Oh, and we kind of feel cool. like we owe it to them. I mean, like, we want to go and see these places, but on the other hand, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. If a band like Phoenix never left France, 
it's how disappointing would that be for everybody around the world who loves that band? They're right. like one of the greatest bands of all time. It's how how horrible would that be if you never had the opportunity see, to see and them? And I don't know? know Phoenix. Oh, they're French. Okay, now I'm going to have to get yeah. to know Phoenix. Now you get Phoenix at the TED Talk uh, for the next <laughs> one. <laughs> Let's ask Phoenix to show up. There you go. Come here from France to our <laughs> TEDx here in St. Louis. But, well, but even a better example is like the Beatles. You know, like right. Think about the Beatles playing St. Louis, like that. You know, that when was they played a huge deal. Bush Stadium, right? Uh, not that I remember this, but like... I don't think you were born then. I was, I was but you were not. <laughs> I'm sorry. But hey, I was about, too young to go to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> but just think about how important that was for so many people that went to that concert. Exactly. It was sold out at Bush Stadium. It's like every one of those people has this giant impact on their life. Like, I saw the Beatles. It's like this really great thing. And there's people that are so devoted to the Beatles that they spend their lives you know, being Beatles historians. Right. And uh, listening to just the Beatles channel. and Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we're on such a more micro level, obviously, than like any band that, I don't most bands. We're very, we're a small band, but at the same time, we do have this impact on people's lives. And, and because of that, they have an impact on ours. They're, they're making it possible for us to do what we've always dreamed of doing. And in return, we're doing something that they like. I love it. Yeah, me too. Well, let's take a quick break and we will be right back with Connor Murphy. We are back with Connor Murphy. So, all right, I have got to tell you, listening to your songs is one thing, but seeing the videos, I like was crying so many times. I was so emotional, which is exactly the kind of music you're doing, very emotional. But where does this come from? Okay. Which videos? Are you talking about the foxing videos or the Smidley videos? Well, I'm talking where about I'm foxing. Stuff? I, oh, I didn't okay. see the Smidley throwing up video. I think I better catch I up on totally that one. I totally assume that you saw the foxing videos and not the Smidley yes, ones. Yes, I was talking the about the Smidley ones foxing. are a lot more funny. Um, <laughs> okay. And just like people throwing up on each other. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why I think that's funny, but it's just you saying it that way. It's funny. <laughs> but the foxing videos. Um, They've all been done by Josh, our bass player, who wasn't at the TED Talk. But, um, yeah, he uh, he and I both did some... Um, uh, we went to Webster... Or I went to Webster. Um, he took some film classes early on. And, uh, and, I, and I had, set, like, audio and film um, kind of major and minor stuff. Uh, so... The first two videos, we kind of, I, I acted as like a producer and he acted as like a director and a writer for him. Um, and he had like a, a real interest in that at the time, um, which kind of butted into him now um, directing a lot of stuff in Philadelphia, which is where he lives. Um, <clears throat> so now he's directing videos for all of these amazing bands and, uh, 
and he did the last two videos that we did as well. Um, wow. Which uh, those two are called Night Channels, and the other one's called Indica. Uh, and those those are the, the better of the four. Um, the first two that we did were just so thrown together because we didn't really have a budget for them. Right. Um, but that the very first video we made was uh, for the song Rory, and um, that video actually was like a huge reason why we were able to sign um, to the label we're on now, Triple Crown Records. Okay. There's a huge reason why, because we were touring a lot. We were just like on the road constantly on this very small label called Count Your Lucky Stars, and um, uh, we put that video together just because we were like, we need to have a music video for one of these songs. Um, and that video kind of just like took off through Tumblr. Um, really? Yeah, it was like a blog shared thing. Uh, it was really like an organic growing of like a, uh, I don't know, uh, web content <laughs> as we would know it now, which feels the, so dirty. The mysterious things yeah. that happen when you put a video up. Sure, yeah. It was like, a, but it was like a really organic blog thing. Um, and it somehow kind of caught on really fast. And um, uh, Fred, the guy that runs uh, Triple Crown Records, Fred Feldman is his name, got a hold of it. And, uh, and a few other labels got a hold of it. And we just started talking to them. And that's when we got our manager, um, who we still have. And it was just kind of like everything fell into place from there. But right before that video, we were playing a lot of basements and um, playing a lot of houses, dirty, really dirty bars. Uh, <laughs> These bars. <laughs> yeah, we were in this you know, old, horrible Dodge Ram van 3500 that was just falling apart. And, um, and yeah, as soon as that video came out, um, it kind of started to change everything. Uh, and then after that, we made our second video. And then we made our next record, which sounded a lot better because we actually had a little bit of money to record it. Right. And then we made the next two videos. And now we're on our third record, and it's just worlds different. We now are able to, like, we have uh, our little bit of money from the um, record label, and we also have money that we're kind of making from going on these tours all the time. Because we're gone more than half of the year. That's touring. what it, yeah, that's what it sounded like. I can't mm -hmm. even imagine. I mean, that has to that that has to be a little wearing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And so you talked about how you impact the lives of your fans and you have fans that have impacted you. Talk talk to that. Like Well, I I think that um in saying that we've impacted people's lives, I'm saying that basically only <laughs> regurgitating what they've said to us because um, when we play shows and we talk to people, a lot of times they'll say exactly that or or something um, a lot more detailed than that. Uh, but on the other end of that, when, when somebody says something, even just acknowledging that um, our music has like meant something to them, it's the most... It's the weirdest feeling in the world to hear that from someone because in your head you're making this kind of like dinky rock music, 
and uh, and how could anybody like it? Especially for me, it's like I'm singing and it's like I hate my voice, and I'm like, how how could you enjoy this? Uh, <laughs> but when they acknowledge something like that, um, it just totally changes our life uh, to be like this actually means something. What we're doing has a point. Because a lot of times when you're on the road for weeks and months, you know, like whatever, seven months out of the year, uh, at a certain point you're like, this is pointless. I'm yeah, not why really, am I doing this? Yeah, I'm right. barely able to make rent. Um, you know, I don't have health care, like all that kind of stuff. And when somebody says something like that, like, uh, you know, I listen to your music every day, your music got me through something, That's those are the moments where you're like, there actually is a point to doing this. Right. There's a reason why we are constantly traveling and we're constantly performing. Um, it all has a point. It's not just like this kind of monetary um, trade all right. the time. You know, you're not like trading a performance for money and you're not trading an album, like a record for money. Uh it's nothing like that whenever somebody brings that kind of emotional value into it. All of a sudden it becomes like, this is like a, is this is cathartic for both of us. Right. You know? Well, you're like modern day shamans. I mean, you're, I you wouldn't know, take it that far, but you, I like but, it. But, but no, but think <laughs> about how emotional your music is. I mean, there's a lot of emotion there. I love it because of that. And I mean, are, do you feel that you're, a particularly emotional person or do you think that that's where it comes out is like went through the song do you write the songs uh we all write the songs okay um i have been told so many times by so many different partners i've had in the past that i am like um a void of emotion a lot of times <laughs> like <laughs> i'm not an emotional person at all uh, and that I can't understand emotions. Um, and I agree with every person that's ever told me that. I think that I'm a very logical person when it comes to like um, relationships and interpersonal feelings. Uh, a lot of times I have trouble like actually connecting with people. But um, in writing, I think that's the only time that I actually do get emotional. And it's actually really hard for me to write... Um, any kind of happy song it's like it's a very difficult thing for me like even when i do i feel guilty about it and then i end up making it sarcastic that's what happened with the smidley record okay my, my solo record it was the point of it in my head i was like i'm gonna go ahead and write this funny album uh that is the complete opposite of foxing and what it ended up being was like a lot of like dark humor and like sarcasm uh that all like when it all boils down to it, they're all still sad songs, and like they're not. They're not. They're yeah. not. Dee, 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 kind no, of exactly. There's. It's not like you know. Uh, I, I can't even. You know, like a. It's not. They're not happy at all. But uh, I think the reason why though is because I'm. I'm a happy person, and I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm a, a, an emotional or sad person. Um, in my life and when I'm uh, when I have relationships with people my friends uh, and that's why it's like it's so important for me to write the sad stuff or else I think I might explode right you know? well and I think it's interesting because I'm a really happy person but I will tell you 
the it seems like the music that I'm most drawn to and the movies I like them are all like kind of dark humor. So same same here. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like maybe I'm channeling whatever sad it, through that. You know, because That's I'm, exactly I'm paying attention to it. So I'm this really happy person, but boy, give me some dark humor. I'm all over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I think a huge part of it is that you absolutely need that balance. And that's like a lot of people that are fans of our music are very, very happy people. But right. you need that balance in some way. Um, there's this artist called Mount Erie, and uh, he it's just one guy, and um, he wrote this record that uh, last year, or maybe it came out this year, I can't remember. Um, he wrote one of the saddest albums I've ever heard. It's like, it's absolutely like, the most daunting, sad record. You can't listen to it without crying. And that's like exactly up my alley for what I want to listen to. It's the same with movies and TV shows. It's like I I love watching these really sad things. Uh, And I think it's because of that balance. It's like that watching that and listening to that type of uh, creative art is a way where you don't have to bring that into your life you right know? that's I, what i've always valued about like sad music i used to say because i was a like the little punk rocker kid when i was when you mm-hmm. know i was growing up and and i used to you know as i as i got older and people were like really punk rock you don't seem like you know i'm like oh my and, and i thought you know but here's the thing about punk rock i could channel my anger through that yeah. which was a way healthier avenue for anger than going out and buying a gun yeah. <laughs> you know so so you know you could like get it's like it was like a way to uh, release emotions yeah. was through that music and listening to music and singing to the top of your lungs and just exactly. feeling the energy of it and i think that like maybe we should just you know prescribe this to people that have anger issues <laughs> like no, listen totally. to this song and watch this movie and you'll feel better <laughs> yeah well i mean that's like it's music therapy at its best is when you're able to diagnose somebody's actual issues and and prescribe them something that would actually help it's like if somebody is extremely angry you don't prescribe them enya you know you you give them metallica <laughs> there you go you're like this is not you know uh, well, maybe Enya would help. I, Enya <laughs> helps me a lot. But uh, yeah, that's actually why, <clears throat> as far as um, the angry side of things, it's like the the record we're working on right now is much less of like a sad record and much more of um, an angry record. It's like uh, a lot of it, it. I would call it frustrated more than anything else and scared. Um, it's a lot more fearful than it is depressed. Uh, where our first two records were a very, very um, sad kind of look at uh, either present day or past. Um, this next record that, like the work, the one we're working on right now, is actually like more looking into the future and um, seeing what's happening present day. Because at this point, it's really, really difficult for us and for I think most other. Um, artists to write something where you're ignoring what's happening in the world right now. Right. You know, because it's like, this is such a scary, scary time. I agree. I and, so agree. And it's mainly for people, at least people that are like my age or younger, 
because I can't speak, you know, I've talked to my parents about like the Cold War, um, but I have no idea how that felt. I can only imagine how it felt to be dealing with what feels like the end of the world, you know, where it's like your buttons away from, or you're like, you know, one bad thing away from the world actually ending. Um, And now it's kind of like, Every day you're afraid of like a tweet that is right, going to yeah, like set right? off a bomb. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like you're, exactly. You're afraid of, you know, uh, a sociopath in the White House yes. or sociopaths around the world that are kind of controlling all of these things. And for and in so much more than that, it's so much more than just like uh, our president. It's a, the people that he inspires, the people that... Uh, are inspired to come out of their basements and uh, wreak kind of, havoc on the rest of us. Yeah, totally. To yeah. make life hell Listen for minorities. Listen to some damn music, people. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, but for us on this, um, the biggest thing for us is that we are scared. We're very scared, and I think that this album, where the other ones were, kind of like. Um, letting somebody know that you're not alone in feeling depressed. This is more letting people know that you're not alone in being scared and that um, hopefully they already know that they're not alone in being scared. But like uh, sometimes I really need other people to tell me like, yes, this is Frightening. Like, it is this for is real. A very, it's very for real. Scary it's a moment. real thing. Yeah. No, I agree. I needed my parents to tell me that too. Like it, it was so helpful to hear because you know it's it's easy to say like, well, the world. We always do this, and um, you know, internationally, we always do this thing of getting really scared about um, the threat of nuclear disaster. Like. Uh, the Cold War is a perfect example. It would be easy for my parents to say, "No, it's happened oh, before." Oh, that's happened before. Yeah, sure. it'll all be fine. Right. But my parent, my my dad was like, "Yeah, but it wasn't like this. It right. was no. never like this. Exactly. You never really saw like the direct um, conversations happening between world leaders right. and how scary those things can be through social media." And, and bombard it with it every yeah. every second of the every day. Every moment. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're constantly seeing these things. And on top of that, it's like um, there's so much racism and hate happening under it all where it's right. all ha- – like all these things are happening at the same time. And my parents, I love them so much. They were like, no, it wasn't like this. This is much worse. And, uh, and that made me feel so much better. It's like it feels so good when you are scared – for your parents to also be scared and for well, and your to, friends and to, to know also you're not, be scared. You know, that this is a real thing. You're not making it up. It, this, yes. Yeah, uh, this is absolutely how people are feeling. Well, thank you for bringing that to your art. No, uh, of I course. love that. I don't that's know how awesome. we could ignore it. That's the that's the point I was getting at. Right. It's like, it's, uh, at this point, I can't imagine writing a love song, like a, a direct like song about an ex- of mine. Right. You know, gotcha. like that, yeah. that feels completely insincere. Right. Got yeah. The last thing I'm thinking about. Well, we're going to take another quick break and we will be right back with Connor Murphy.
And we are back with Connor Murphy. I have questions. Okay. It's question time. So, um, foxing, I, I'm going to go with foxing for right now about talking about how what it means. Yep. Brownish spots on old paper. Yes. And one of the things that I saw a quote from you guys saying, we make this music, we release it, and then one day it dies. And to me, this really sounds like you've embraced impermanence. Yeah. And so speak to that, because it's very interesting. Not everybody can embrace that. Well, I think every, I would say, six months, we go through something. It's always different, but it, we always go through something that feels like the band should end. It's like there, there's always something, you right. know? Um, sometimes it's kind of small interpersonal things. Other times it's huge things. And then, and then sometimes it's like, we feel like we're getting worse. You know, we feel like the, we're making worse music or like nobody liked us in the first place, that kind of thing. Um, and anytime that happens, it actually helps so much to realize that the band will not be around forever. It helps to remember that it's like, this is a this has an expiration date. We just don't know when it is. Like it will be done eventually. Um, and the only hope is that you make some good stuff while it's happening. You know, it's like the only hope is that you release songs and albums that people enjoy listening to. Right. Uh, and that makes it so much easier because then you're like, okay, well, we can at least make an, another album. Yeah. We can at least do that. Like, that's not that Let's big of a deal. Let's see what happens if we do that. Yeah, we can, we can get through that. <laughs> yeah, my thing is I have a, a rule for myself of two bad albums in a row. Um, if... You know, we re if this next record we release, if it's really bad and everybody hates it, and um, everybody's like, "You, you messed up real bad here," uh, that's okay. But if we release another one, then it's over. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's the rule. <laughs> that's okay. the rule for me. In a okay. row, though, if we release this one, it's bad. Then we release a good one, and it's like you're right, gonna cool. stay. <laughs> yep. Two in a Foxing row, remains. that's the big thing. <laughs> I love it. So in your, have you ever been obsessed with a band that now you're thinking, oh, how embarrassing. Like, I don't even want to tell people I was obsessed with them. <laughs> I'm trying to think of obsessed with a band. Um, I mean, I think it's like you're supposed to, when you're like 10, 11, 12, aren't you supposed to be obsessed with some band that you're like, oh my gosh. I, let's see. Trying to think, I really liked. Um, I really liked Fallout Boy for like a second. I really loved them for I a second. I liked them in the beginning too, though. Yeah. In the beginning, I really liked mm -hmm. them. I thought they were amazing. <laughs> and then they released some more music, and, and I was went, like, mm, mm. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm with but you. But I wasn't. On this. I wasn't really obsessed with them. I'm trying to think of a really embarrassing band, though. There's a band that I will always recognize as, like, it's a song. It's just one song that I will always recognize as the worst song I ever loved. <laughs> uh, because, it, like, even now, I can't listen to it and think fondly of it or anything. <laughs> it's a song called Lips Like Morphine by a band called Kill Hannah. Kill Hannah. Yeah. Lips like morphine. I swear it is the worst <laughs> song. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. Uh, but when I was in like seventh grade, eighth grade, I heard it and I was like, this is incredible. 
wow, they really made you know a masterpiece here. And I listen to it all the time. And now I was just showing a friend of my friend was just like, you know, asking kind of the same question. And I showed it to her. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, like there's no redeeming what quality. I, what of this. did I see in the, the song? The lyrics are like gross and weird <laughs> and the, the song itself oh, is just kind of I have to find this song now. It's like one of those like whispery songs, like I wanna go <laughs> There's nothing more disgusting it's not than even, real, like, like whisper a music. Deep yeah. Feeling for yeah. that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right, I have to go check this out. Um all right. I have to ask you, you talked about night channels. The night channels video I saw. Uh-huh. Somebody, did you guys do it to the old 80s ladies working out? Have you seen this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's hilarious. Josh found a ton of old stock um, footage from a TV channel. Um, that was literally all day long what they did on that TV channel. <laughs> literally, it was three Good-looking women yeah. in in little workout wear, not really working out. Like I don't know how we got in shape doing the stuff yeah. they were doing. It was more for, you know. Yeah, but, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> that just cracked me up. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, there's the he put together a video for every song on the record, and they're all made from the stock footage. Uh, really? That, yeah, that's it's brilliant. Just like kind of found footage. It's all really good. Uh, there's one with bodybuilders or like a like a muscle man show. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they call what do they call it? Like bodybuilder uh, pageants. You know oh, what I'm talking about? Yes. Like muscle boy pageants. Right. Well, they used to have. You should tell them to find old footage of the. They used to have like aerobics championships mm, that, that were pointless ridiculous i okay. mean beyond ridiculous like these <laughs> these and it was hilarious and i i don't even know where i came upon it one time and i was laughing so hard i was like what in the heck because you know when the, the aerobics thing came out it was like i don't even know how to describe it it was just ridiculous mm -hmm. outfits i mean and the women still they had lots of makeup and great big humongous hair and they were going to go work out or you know you don't you don't put on makeup and have big humongous hair and do dance routines really. Yeah. <laughs> but that was what the whole aerobics craze was about. So that, <laughs> I I applaud him. That was just too funny. Yeah. I loved it. I, I loved love that it. Too. So talk about Smidley cuz I want to talk about that too. Okay. Um Smidley Like I said it was like intended to kind of be this like stark contrast to foxing and what it ended up being was really just like a way to um, write exactly the songs that I wanted to write um, and but why see are them. you throwing up? What's that? Why oh, why am I throwing <laughs> I'm actually why. not throwing up in the videos. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we had this party at our house. Um, we were shooting this video, um, and uh, the only idea for the party that I had was I wanted my two friends to make out and throw up all over each other. <laughs> um, so the whole, and I wanted them to be dancing the entire time and kind of throwing up on the choruses. And then eventually they find each other and then they wake out and throw up all over each other. Uh, <laughs> did they really throw up? Like, did you give them made, oil or whatever that well, stuff is? We made fake vomit for them. 
Um, but it was so gross that I think they actually, they actually vomited. actually, yeah. Because uh, I included like cottage cheese in the oh, recipe. Oh, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to make it really gross and like surreal. So it had like, um, they were both drinking Mad Dog 2020. Uh-huh. And so one of them was that blue. Helps. Yeah. One of them was blue <laughs> Mad Dog, so I made it like blue dyed uh, vomit. And then the other one was red, so I made it red dyed vomit. Oh, my gosh. Do you still have this recipe? Like, it could be on your album. Yes. You could put the vomit put recipe the, yeah. on there. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> now we think of these things. <laughs> yeah. And the re-release. Yeah, the re-release. It could, could be on there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. I mean, thank you. I, we, we thank you guys so much for showing up for TEDx. That was just fabulous. I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to see the video on it. And, I mean, thank you for what you're doing. I love that. I love that you are looking at the world and saying, I'm, I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to be realistic that I'm scared. And, you know, and other people can feel more comfortable saying the same thing, which I love. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an awesome way to use your art. Thank you so much. Thank, and thank you. you for having me on this. This well, is awesome. Thanks, Connor. I appreciate it. And so we will keep up with Foxing and keep up with me and let me know when your next album comes out and all that good stuff. Okay, great. Awesome. And for the rest of you out there, have an awesome day. Be sure to hang out at iTunes and subscribe to Mishmash and have a wonderful time. Love you all. Love you. Love you.